0: Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan managing, editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. And what's that saying about deadlines again? Oh, right, yeah, they spur action. And we saw some action in the NFL yesterday courtesy of the franchise tag deadline with nearly 10 players getting handed the franchise tag designation across the league. Some of those players, like Dak Prescott, it's a formality. He'd already agreed upon a four-year, $160 million contract. They only gave him the tag so that he can't get tagged again in his career. Great, grand, wonderful. More power to you, Dallas. Others like Tampa Bay franchise-tagging wide receiver Chris Godwin and Chicago franchise-tagging wide receiver Allen Robinson. A little bit of a heartbreak for the Miami Dolphins, even if neither one of those players was going to be in the price point and market for what the Dolphins wanted to spend this offseason. So we've talked about Allen Robinson being what's presumed at a $20 million per year player if he had hit the open market. Obviously, that did not come to be. Uh, He may be available still for trade. We'll see what Chicago's long-term plans are. Uh, But the removal of Godwin and Allen Robinson from the wide receiver market makes life a little more complicated for your Miami Dolphins Because if the team was planning on going out and spending big and securing an experienced wide receiver, which I think was something they needed to do, there's now more scarcity at the top, which means the New York Jets of the world, those bums up there in East Rutherford, sitting on all this cash to spend, and now all of a sudden you don't have Allen Robinson to throw $20 million a year to. You got $20 million a year that you could, and heaven help us if it gets to this point, throw at Kenny Galladay. Corey Davis, now all of a sudden, no longer probably a $10 million a year guy. Now he's probably a $12 to $14 million a year guy. Because the bidding on those player services who did hit the market, you just get pushed up and the price points rise, especially for those top shelf free agent targets who are going to be the first to sign. So that's a bit of a buzzkill for Miami. One player who was not franchise tagged, Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones, Mike Girardi of NFL Network teasing that he fully expects the Dolphins to be deeply involved in talks with Aaron Jones. But that wasn't the surprise, and that's not what we're going to talk about today on the show. We talked about Aaron Jones already. Go back and listen to that show a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you're interested in hearing my deep dive thoughts on Aaron Jones, his potential value, and why the Dolphins are interested, etc. cetera, et cetera. We're going to talk about Kenny Galladay, guys, because there's a lot of smoke coming out that Kenny Galladay might be a wide receiver target that the Dolphins are really interested in. Smokescreen and leverage season, perhaps, but it is alarming when you get it from national guys, beat guys, all citing multiple league sources. There's enough smoke here for me to think there might be a little bit of a fire on our hands. Report Dolphins to show quote-unquote considerable interest in wide receiver Kenny Galladay. This comes from Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald. Word around the league is the Dolphins are determined to add a number one receiver in free agency. And they're expected to show considerable interest in Galladay once the legal tampering period begins next week, one league source went so far as to predict Galladay either ends up with the Dolphins or the Giants. You sitting down? It's a lot to take in for a wide receiver in Kenny Galladay, who's expected to command somewhere around 15 to 16 million dollars per year, annual average salary. Now, who is Kenny Galladay? That's where we have to start this conversation. I didn't do one of these deep dives on Kenny because surface level, I didn't really presume it was going to be a stylistic fit for Miami with the way their offense is trending and their existing talents on the roster. But this is why we got to do this. We got to explore this. We got to understand the how and the why it might be the case. We got to understand what it tells us about the Dolphins' plan, if it is indeed the case. Kenny Galladay was drafted in the third round of the 2017 NFL Draft out of Northern Illinois. At six foot four, 217 pounds, he has 32 inch arms, nine and three quarter inch hands. So, from a size perspective, he is one, for lack of better phrasing, big ass wide receiver. He also ran 4-5 flat with 35.5-inch vert. Both of those are 50th percentile or better for athletic testing. He did 10 feet in the standing broad, 7 seconds in the three-cone drill. Both of those are in the 40th to 47th percentile in athletic testing. 18 reps on the bench press and a 4-1-5 in the 20-yard short shuttle, which is the 69th nice percentile of wide receivers run at the NFL Combine. So he's a really good plus athlete for a guy who is 6'4", 218 pounds. Galladay's also put out a great deal of production throughout the course of his first four seasons in the NFL. His rookie season in 2017, he played in 11 games, started five. He caught 28 passes for 477 yards, 17 yards per catch average, and three touchdowns. The following year, he was up over 1,000 yards on 70 receptions, average of 15.2 per catch, five touchdowns. The big breakout year in 2019 started all 16 games, 65 receptions, nearly 1,200 yards, 18.3 yards per catch, 11 touchdowns, which led the league. Injury in 2020 derailed his season. He only caught 20 passes for 338 yards, two touchdowns in five games. For Galladay's career, he's played in 47 games. He has logged 3,068 receiving yards, 21 touchdowns, and an average of 16.8 yards per catch. So if you just look at raw production, great. This is a guy that makes plays down the field. He runs 4-5 as a big-bodied guy. He can go up and attack the football in the air. But what worried me about Kenny Galladay is he is very much cut from the same cloth as some of the wide receivers that the Miami Dolphins already have on the roster in Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. If you look at Kenny Galladay and you compare his average separation per target Versus that of the other Dolphins receivers. You want to know how it ranks, and this is this is the reminder that the Dolphins' top pass catchers, whether it was Devonte Parker, Mike Kisecki, uh, they're like in the they were like in the bottom six of separation per target in the NFL, less than two yards of separation per target in the NFL last year. Now Kenny Galladay, because he only played in five games last year, did not qualify for next de- gen stats. Uh, to be amongst the players listed in uh, the final rankings across the NFL. But in 2019, Kenny Galladay, dead last in the NFL amongst qualifying receivers, 1.9 yards of separation per target. To give you further context, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker both averaged 2.1 yards of separation per target in 2019. Devontae Parker averaged 1.7 yards of separation per target in 2020, which was tied for dead last in the NFL. Mike Gusecki, two yards, third worst in the NFL in 2020. And you go back to 2018, and I got even more bad news for you as it pertains to this study. Kenny Galladay, 2.3 yards of separation, which... Not a math guy. Bear with me. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15th worst in the NFL. So that's how we got to this point in the free agency buildup. And we haven't talked about Kenny Galladay in a deep dive episode because he's the same dynamic as what you already have on the roster. But there's more layers to it than that. And that's why I'm not pushing the panic button. But it does Make me raise the eyebrow, at the very least. If you've listened to this podcast for any extended period of time, you've heard me pound the table for the world's best protein bar, Bilt Bar. We've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite some time. It's an amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. This March is the time to kick off a little bit of madness, a tournament. To find out which Bilt Bar is the best, it's Bilt Bar Madness. Today's matchups. Two juicy ones. German Chocolate versus Salted Caramel. And Mocha Love versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake. The winner of German Chocolate Salted Caramel, give me Salted Caramel, personally. Moves on to face Cookie Joe Chunk. The winner of Mocha Love versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake moves on to face Coconut in the Sweet 16 of the Built Bracket. So if you're interested in voting, having your voice heard, go to BuiltBar.com or at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BillBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar in all the land. So if you want to extrapolate a little bit more statistics on Kenny Galladay and what makes him an interesting add to this offense potentially, one area that I think you can look at is yards after catch. Preston Williams averaged 2.4 yards after catch per reception in 2019. Devontae Parker averaged 4.2 yards after catch in 2019. You extend that to 2020. And mind you, Mike Isecki, the major stat boost of all stat boosts because he had that 70-yard reception against San Francisco. But nevertheless, Mike averaged 3.8 yards after catch per reception. Devontae Parker in 2020 averaged 3 yards after catch per reception. In 2019, the last time we saw a fully healthy Kenny Galladay, he averaged 4.9 yards after catch per reception. That is not a small number when you take into account just how little separation he had at the reception. So this tells you this is a player who creates a little bit more in the way of chunk yardage with the ball in his hands, which is a problem that the Dolphins have had in a great, great capacity playing in the phone booth. But what this also kind of gives us the positive reinforcement for is that the Dolphins have types, which we've known. We've talked about at length on the show. Their wide receiver room is not just, oh, we're going to have six guys that are interchangeable and and gadgety hybrid guys or or all guys that are are crafty route runners. They want different guys to win in different roles. Kenny Galladay uh, can play inside. He can play outside. He's got versatility as far as where he lines up, but he fits the big physical model. And when Miami goes base personnel, and it's a two tight end set, and you got two wide receivers on the field, and they're fully healthy, it's Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Those are both guys out of the big physical possession receiver type. Go get the ball in the air. Kenny Galladay is the same player in that capacity as far as style of play. He's better than both. He's exponentially better than Preston Williams, who has given us two eight-game seasons to this point in his career. And for all the flashes, his frustrating drops on tape. Granted, if you're Miami, you're going to pay for him. A lot. You're going to pay for that guy through the nose. And for the Dolphins, I mean, the wide receiver room is already their most expensive room on the entire offensive side of the football. I believe it's up over $25, $27 million for the wide receivers currently under contract for the team. Now, if you told me between now and then that you made the decision to part ways with Albert Wilson and you cleared up some cap space, maybe you try to restructure Ja'Keem Grant if you're not trying to move on from Jean- Ja'Keem Grant in its entirety, or you want to see who you can get to replace Jakeem Grant, I'll listen. And the addition, the hypothetical addition of Kenny Galladay is going to free you up in the draft to take advantage of the depth of the speed guys and the gadgety slot guys. And there are a ton of those guys. Uh, Or, alternatively, if you're picking early and you still want to go that direction and you want to play two tight end stuff, it frees you up to draft Kyle Pitts in a trade-back scenario, preferably. I wouldn't love it at three. But can we just appreciate, like, if you replace Preston Williams with Kenny Galladay, you go Kenny Galladay, Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, Kyle Pitts, and you start doing the math on how big these pass catchers are. That is the big tell. If the Dolphins go out and they get Kenny Galladay, it tells you that their ideology as far as building a roster is more pressing to them than simply catering the offense to what Tua Valoa showed in nine games last year. And if that's the case, it's a little risky, but I also admire it to be able to say, this is how we feel like we need to build a winning team. A, they're a team that wants to run the ball, so you got to have guys who can be physical on the boundary and step down into the box, so I respect that. But NFL windows throwing the football are, generally speaking, tight anyway. Unless you're scheming guys open or manufacturing cheap touches, you got to be able to put a guy in a blender to consistently just be wide open or there's got to be a coverage bust. They call it a game of inches for a reason, right? So if this is the way the Dolphins choose to embrace building the roster and Kenny Galladay replacing Preston Williams, we're going to find out a lot about Tua Tonga Valoa because it's this is the Dolphins telling Tua, we're not going to flip the script because you don't bring Kenny Galladay in and not expect him to be a featured piece of your offense because of the cost associated with bringing him into the fray. This is not trading a seventh-round pick swap for Isaiah Wilson, which is effectively a bag of peanuts, and, and you're risking maybe a couple million dollars in guaranteed dead money if it doesn't pan out and you decide to cut him. This is a big contract we're talking about. And if the Dolphins choose that yes... Kenny Galladay is the receiver that we want to be our number one. It's going to push Devontae Parker out of the number one wide receiver role. It's going to make him the complementary receiver. We think that's going to make both of, both of them better. You're telling us that you believe Tua Tagovailoa is going to see the field in a vastly different light in 2021 versus what he saw it in 2022. That's quite the bet to take. Speaking of bets... Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. Plus, Bet Online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV, with real time updated odds and props on just about everything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news scores and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. So, if the Dolphins choose to commit premier resources to Kenny Galladay, it serves as reinforcement that the Dolphins' team building mantras, first of all, they're going to be aggressive in free agency. It's, it feels almost predetermined at this point. Um, you don't part ways with Kyle Van Noy if you're not planning on spending some money, right? There's been the whisper, whispers of Aaron Jones for a while. Now there's whispers of Kenny Galladay. And Mike Airfollow again of NFL Network said yesterday he expects the Dolphins to be heavily involved in both Kenny Galladay and Aaron Jones. Imagine they sign them both. First of all, that's kind of an exciting proposition. You're spending probably two-thirds of your available cap space to bring those two guys into the fray. But the flexibility that that brings to say, hey, we got another big-bodied alpha receiver, and we got a back who's going to step into the Miles Gaskin role, but is going to be much more dynamic. Imagine what you can do with your picks then. you know, You're starting to get to the point where this team can almost, almost entertain just drafting best player available or drafting some luxury players in year three of the rebuild. Um, I would hate to force a linebacker just because it's a position of need, but then again, that's what the Dolphins did last offseason with the, the 18th overall pick in 2020 when they drafted Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson wasn't the best player available, even if you skew it for the Dolphins' ideology. But we heard that report before the draft. The Dolphins wanted to walk out of the first round with their first two picks being a quarterback and an offensive tackle. And they got it. Will they choreograph the rest of the moves? And will they use free agency as the tool to supplement to make sure they're able to do that? Time will tell. But the good news is the league calendar is opening in a week. Legal tampering opens in five days. On Monday. So we have a good chance on Monday to find out exactly what is happening with Kenny Gallaty, with Aaron Jones, how aggressive the Dolphins are going to be. Are they going to have a price? They're going to have like the name your price tool where they they name their price. They stand firm on it. And they say, if you want to take some more money to go somewhere else, more power to you. That's a very real possibility that we have to acknowledge. Because... Miami could very well end up seeing the New York Jets desperate to land a wide receiver. I think they'll go after Juju Smith-Schuster. I think they should go after Juju Smith-Schuster for how interested Juju is in building an individual brand. Go to New York, dude. Go to New York and get the biggest possible platform you possibly can and build your individual brand. But if the Jets decide, no, we want Kenny Galladay, and the Dolphins are committed to Kenny Galladay... The Jets have more cap space than you, and they have the opportunity to push you around, and everybody has their price. Will the gel, the Dolphins, like they did in 2019, speaking of the Detroit Lions, when they walked away from Trey Flowers, thank goodness, be resistant? Or will they push all their chips into the table and say, we think we're ready to compete, we think we're a few pieces away, And this is one of the pieces we're not going to let them get away. The next week is going to be madness. So make sure you hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks as always for listening to the show. I'm Kyle Krabs. Hope you hit subscribe. Come back and see us again soon. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.